This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to an episode about Master Joe Hess. I'm going to start out with a little bit of a personal story because this is part of the reason why we have not done an episode on Master Hess yet. Normally, I would have done an episode on my teacher's teacher early on in our first year of podcasting. But I was always hopeful and I was always dreaming that somewhere down the line, I would run into Master Hess and that I would be able to get him on the show. And the reason why is because I knew Master Hess before I was a karate person. My family owned a leather repair shop right down the street from Broward College. And Master Hess used to bring his leather goods in. Everything from his police equipment, holsters and gun belts, to his kendo gear. And he was one of the first people that I ever had to make the kote, which is the hand covering in kendo, larger so that it would fit on his hand. And at the time, I didn't even know what they were. He explained it to me. So I wouldn't say we were really friends, but we did know each other for a long time. We owned that shop from 1975 until 2000. And Master Collegian and I met in 1979. So when I first met Master Collegian, I knew that he was Master Hess's student because you learn those things when you first walk in the dojo. But they didn't know that I knew them both. And that happened the first time when Master Collegian had a really hard, long day of an afternoon workout and Master Hess came. And right in the middle of the day, I could see that he recognized who I was and they were over in the corner talking about me him from the leather shop and him from me being a karate student at that time for almost a year. Yeah, I'd been there almost a year by that time because I was already a three-striper. And from that point on, the cat was out of the bag. Everybody knew that everybody knew everybody. So that's my own little personal story about how I did know Master Hess. And I remember all the time that when he would walk in the door of the shop, he would take up the entire doorway. (laughs) He would like block the sun. As he was walking in, it was so cool. It was He was such a gentle and kind person to know in that um, arena. Us. Now, having said my personal story, I am Sensei Michelle. And this is, as you heard Sensei Jay say, Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Of course, I'm here with everybody. I'm Sensei Jackie, and I love listening to that story. It and just I- brings Master Hess right into our recording studio. I wish. And I'm Landon. Glad to be here. Yes, this is going to be a fun episode. You know, I found the research on Master Hess to be interesting because he doesn't pop up all over the place like some of the older timer people do. I didn't find him on Wikipedia, for example. So somebody get out there and make him a Wikipedia page. That's right. And we didn't find him in the uh, traditions a karate encyclopedia either. Which really shocked me because I thought he was in there and his name is in there, but he doesn't have a whole section in there and he should have. We agree. Now, we may not have found him in the old school encyclopedia, <laughs> but we did find him on a couple websites. This is true. Most of the sites just spouted a bunch of statistics and his accomplishments. Not that they weren't wonderful, but it wasn't personal stories, right? There right. were... A lot of statistics. You are so right. But a site called Martial Arts Action and Entertainment.com, that's a long domain, printed an interview with Master Hess during his years on Miami Vice. Definitely uh, way before my time. 
This is true. But I watched. I watched that show. Oh, we I did too. Every week. But even though you weren't there in the in the building there. In the room where it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to start the story out for me. Well, please. the writer starts out with this teaser. She called Master Hess a non-athletic child from New Jersey who started out selling women's wigs. And I'm saying none of us would ever say something like that, would we? Not a chance. (laughs) Well, the article had a few quotes from Master Huss himself. He said, and I promise I'm quoting here, this is not me speaking. Quote, I was kind of a fat, roly-poly kid, the kind other kids would like to chase around. One day, I was about 12. I was walking across the parking lot eating a candy bar. It was a Clark bar. I'll never forget it. And this big bully grabbed my chocolate bar and threw it to the ground and smashed it. I ran away crying. He goes on to say, over the summer, my hormones must have went crazy because my body turned into the body of a 19-year-old. When I got to school, I saw the bully, stood up to him, and asked him if he remembered me. He looked kind of scared, and I said, if you ever bother me again. It made me feel proud that I stood up to him. And that's the end of the quote. So all that was the stuff that Master Hess himself said about his childhood. And I was so glad that we found a little bit, aren't you guys? I hope that somebody got him a chocolate bar after he lost his. I love that he remembers (laughs) that it was a Clark bar. And can you just picture the guy while he says, if you ever do that again, and the guy going, ah, backing up. That's awesome. Okay, Sensei, there is a little bit more to the article. Will you take it home for me? Oh, I'll be glad to. The lady who wrote this article in 1986 was Deborah Wood. She continues, when he was 15, he, Master Hess, had a part-time job selling hair pieces and one day noticed a man across the street from the wig shop painting a storefront window. The man was so graceful and focused on his task. After talking to the man, Master Hess was surprised to find that the painter was a karate instructor and he was about to open a studio. Master Hess said he didn't know anything about karate except that it was a powerful way to fight. He also noticed that it was unusual that the same hands that could do delicate painting had the potential to knock out an opponent. Wow. Okay. First off, that has reminiscent of so many things. Not that Master Hess and the silly movie The Karate Kid should ever be said in the same (laughs) sentence, but right? Yes, exactly. And many people have told me they met their first karate instructor in a serendipitous way. That's true. That's true. That's absolutely true. All right. Keep it going for me. Well, Master Hess became interested enough to sign up for classes. And as they say, the rest is history. So we got a great start, didn't we, guys? Yes. I think I'm going to stop right here and say there were a few sources for the information we are about to share. Number one, I looked in the bios in his books. Yes. Us. And there was a site called USA Dojo. That's D-O-J-O dot com, where there was a plethora of facts. Love the word. (laughs) And we also found a blog called Focal Point Martial Arts. And that's just naming a few. All of the sites list his accomplishments. It's really an easy search. So we're not going to try to list everything. I think it would take like two hours to list everything we found. Don't you guys? Two hours and just reading the list might put everybody to sleep. Right. Instead, we're going to pick a few. We're definitely going to pick some of the people he bodyguarded, some of his martial arts accomplishments, 
And we got to touch on movies. Uh, Cynthia absolutely. Jackie and I must have our pop culture fix. That's oh, it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Who's going to start me out? I'll start us off by talking about some of the people that he protected. For all you football fans, he protected the Pittsburgh Steelers NFL team, as well as the police. No, not every police officer. The group, <laughs> the police, which Sensei had to check with me and make sure I knew that. <laughs> That it was a rock group, which of course I do. So everybody knows Sting. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> he doesn't know Sting? I've heard of the police, but I don't know about Sting. Oh, he's the lead singer and he went out on his own. Guys, they're, from- they're trying to get to pop culture. <laughs> okay. From the rock group, the police, where are we headed, Sensei Jackie? We are headed back in time from the police to Elvis. Oh. Um. Master Hess was one of Elvis's bodyguards. And along with that, he was bodyguard to hairdresser to the stars, Jose Hebert. I never heard of Jose Hebert. Never. How about you? You know, I'm such a big hair fan. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I've never heard of him. But according to Sensei Jackie, a lot of you listeners are going to know what she's talking about. So I'm going to say, let us know. Exactly. If you know who Jose Aver is or was, we're not even sure where we're landing there, are we? We're not sure. Should we tell them where they can get in touch? Sounds like a plan. They can contact us all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at WildcatDojoAd.com. That's our website. Go to Wildcat Dojo Conversations on Instagram. Or send us an email at dojoconversations at aol.com. That was awesome. All right. So I'm going to keep it going. And I'm going to say that he was a bodyguard to Barbara Walters. Wow. Now, Barbara Walters was a news person and she was very famous. So if you don't know who she was and you type her in, all kinds of fun things, including spoofs yes. of her speech impediment will come up. She was a very, very good and well-known newswoman. And I'm going to take it home with one more bodyguarding, and that is Sly and the Family Stone. All right. You got to end on an upbeat, don't you? Us. All right. From there, we are headed where? To his martial arts? Us, Sensei. Not only did he have a very successful career in protecting people, but he also had a very successful career in martial arts. He was inducted to many Karate Hall of Fames, but specifically the Black Belt Hall of Fame in the International Karate Hall of Fame, just to name two. Out of about a dozen. Us. And back in 98, he was awarded the World Most Outstanding Instructor Award. That's so cool. I think so. But he was also, from 1975 to 1977, the World Kickboxing Champion, way before MMA came around. So just think about this for a minute. When I was meeting him, that was when he was the world kickboxing champion. Wow. I know. Cool, right? I know. I did, not, I did not put that together until you just said those dates, but I've always known that fact about him. He must have been in such shape to have been world champion. Man. One day we should look back on kickboxing because that was the precursor to MMA. Us. And I can tell stories about the training that Master Collegian used to put us through when he had people going into a kickboxing fight. Mm, Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'll write that down on our list. So I'm going to keep it going with two things. Number one, I think that it's so interesting and impressive that he holds rank in a number of very reputable styles. 
Northern Kung Fu for one, and Judo for another, but there are others as well. He has his 10th degree under Peter Urban. His original showdown was with Master Ed Verike, and just we should say that because right. he also is an outstanding martial artist. And my second martial arts fact is that he actually went to Japan and was advanced certified in the art of kendo. Wow. Yes. And so we have to give him credit because we love kendo. We love kendo oh, training. Oh, yes. Love it. And that all stems from that trip he made. So yay for us. Oh. We're the recipients of his traveling the world and constantly learning, right? Yes. Yes, we are. So as it turns out, I'm going to hog one more because you can't say enough great things about Master Hess. Yes. And that is that we own a number of his books. Oh, yes. So it looks on the lists like he's published about eight or ten different books, but we own for sure Nightstick and Nunchucka in Action. Yes, we do. And we use them all the time as references. references. Yes. yes. Us. All right. Now, are we headed to my favorite subject? Yes, we are. Yes. Pop culture. Master Hess was on the cover of Black Belt Magazine doing a very interesting technique, holding some people in interesting ways and <laughs> looks like they were having a lot of fun. And those two people were Ron Russell and Master Quijin. Us, Sensei. And they can check out that picture on our social media. Definitely. Us. So aren't we doing TV in Hollywood? Yes. Okay, so where are we going with that? Do you have any to list, Landon? Okay, Landon's going to stay out of TV because he didn't see any of these movies or television shows. Am I correct? Us, Sensei. So when you look up the list, every time you read another one, you're, you're saying to yourself, you didn't see that, Landon? <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm clearly not the pop culture one of the group. Okay, where are you going to go with it, Cincy Jackie? Well, I have to go to Miami Vice. Oh, nice one. That's the one with the pink colors and white. Right? Yeah, That's right. Very South Beach colors yeah. and very 1980s. Uh, and, and a pet alligator. And some Phil Collins background music. That's right. I had I forgotten know. about that. Yes. You know, and also from a more modern time. He was in uh, Nash Bridges. Ah, same guy. That's right. So, you know, they must have really enjoyed working together. I'm going to insult the guy and say, Melanie Griffith's husband. Oh. Ex-husband. <laughs> yeah, they're exes now. Dakota Johnson's dad. Oh, there you go. We're not a pop culture <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, I'm going to keep TV going and say, he was in the Police Academy movie, number five. How much fun is that? You have to, in your lifetime, see a Police Academy movie. It's stupid fun. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> and I think I'll go with, as my last one, he was in the movie Mortal Kombat. Yes. And that's a karate movie. So we could we could watch that movie as our karate movie and try to find him. Oh, that would be fun. I think I might go that way. We'll have to search later, okay? Good idea. <sighs> Can you believe we still have more to come on this episode? Us. We have one thing left, and that is that my friend who has been on the show before, Sensei Robert Carbone, trained with Master Hess in the late 70s and up to 1980, and he gave me a little five-minute interview recently, and here it is. Thank you very much for doing this. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure when we get to hang out. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> so... If I got my facts straight, you trained with Master Hess from the late 70s till 1980. That is correct. I started with him in March of 1978 and was with him until 
approximately August 1980. That must have been such an experience, you being a young man and all. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be quite honest with you, it was almost like a father figure. Oh, that's really nice. I can understand that because I kind of felt the same way towards Master Collegian. I felt that way towards both of them, actually. Yes. So what was your first impression of Master Hess? Uh, talented, extremely strong, genetically gifted, being such a big man, and agile, nimble. He was. He was so agile for such a large person, wasn't he? Incredibly agile. And I'm going to say that that was part genetics, like you just said, but also hard work. Again, I just think he um, was the goods, <laughs> so to speak. You know, strength and agility, nimbleness. You know what my memory is? How he could roundhouse to the head. He had great feet. Oh, great legs, man. Powerful. Killer legs. Well, one time when Master Urban was down, we were on East Oakland Park in Master Hess's dojo and we were doing feeling number three, which is a back kick. And Sensei Hess lined up with us. And when he hit the bag, the bag flew up at least 20 feet. And I remember turning around to my partner behind me and saying, if that hits you, that would just crush you. It was just so much power, just from a physics level. Okay, there's a lot of things in that story that need to be a little bit unwrapped. First off, how cool was it to have him training beside you almost as a student? It was great. I mean, he was just setting the precedence of, of an example of what power and strength looks like on a perfection of a back kick. Wow. And then the second thing is, I bet seeing that back kick hit the bag was... So powerful. Yeah. It was like a, a nuclear explosion. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the bag flew up about 20, 30 feet on the warehouse. It was... I don't think people know how strong he was with his techniques. Some people might. <laughs> <laughs> also, we say was because we haven't seen him in a long time. As of this recording, he is alive and well, retired in North Florida, right? Yeah, he's doing well. Definitely, for sure. Retired from the police academy. Yes. When I believe you went and visited, right? I did. I gave him a bottle of scotch. I said goodbye to him. That's so cool. Yeah. It was a bottle of 12-year-old doers. And I think we'll say as the final word, one of the amazing things about Master Hess was how big and strong he was, and yet he was slightly soft-spoken. He was a gentleman. Yes. And that's two words, gentle and definitely a man. I agree 100%. So we both and everybody, I hope, who listens to this want to thank him for all he gave to karate. He's just such a gift and wealth of knowledge. Might it be karate? Probably one of the first mixed martial arts before the word even existed. He had a black belt in judo. His weaponry was superb in kabuto. Yes. His kendo was unbelievably great. Amazing with nunchucks. Yes. And I have seen on Facebook that even in his retirement, he's out doing some seminars. So, yay, wouldn't it be cool to run across him somewhere? If you had a chance to train with him. Definitely I do it. Yeah, I would not pass that up. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Love you, Sensei Hess. Yes, we do, Master Hess. And you and I, Sensei Carbone, we will do this again. Looking forward to it. Thank you.
You're welcome. Wow. That is something else. To have been a fly on the wall, right? Us, I love the story about where the bag went into the <laughs> air. And I can just imagine that that probably would have hurt somebody. I, I love doing the interview. I want to thank you, Sensei Carbone. It's time for us to start closing this episode out. You may not be able to buy power like Master Hess, but you can buy martial arts gear at Honor Athletics, of course. Reach them at honor-athletics.com or scroll down in the show notes. And while you're down there in the show notes, click all the links we give you. Please. Us. You can um, call Cynthia at 770-945-5150. And... Don't forget to use your 10% discount at Honor Athletics by mentioning Wildcat Dojo when checking out. Awesome. I just want to close by saying, when you know people for many, 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 many years, lots of things happen. Good things, bad things, hard times, etc. But always, always, always in my heart, there's a special place for Master Hess because he was simultaneously an extremely gentle soul and a scarily powerful man. And that's just a a wonderful amalgam, isn't it? Yes. That's a karate man wrapped up. And I also want to personally, Master Hess, thank you for all that you have given to the martial arts. Yes. And on that note, we're going to go home. Yes. Bye, everybody. I'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm signing us out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.